All right, we got a lot of stuff to talk about from that weekend. That was a crazy weekend. Uh, the Sooners lose to Texas Tech, a game they should have put in the win column, but they couldn't protect that nine-point lead late in the second half. Now they have to turn around and go to Kansas State coming up uh, tomorrow night, Saturday at UCF. You had the Thunder losing to the lowly Pistons by 16 yesterday. They really got outclassed by a Pistons team without Cade Cunningham. Remember, this is a Detroit team that lost 28 games in a row, and yesterday they earned their sixth win of the year. Oklahoma City's been great all year. Yesterday they laid an egg after the first quarter. Mark Gagnault even decided, you know what, I don't think I'm going to put Shea Gildas-Alexander back in this game. Let's rest up for Minnesota. Minnesota happening tonight. Big game in terms of tiebreakers. Oklahoma City can win the season series with Minnesota if they win on the home floor tonight, so we'll talk a little bit about that. We had uh, conference championship weekend of course, yesterday, Kansas City, never doubt Patrick Mahomes. Never doubt the Chiefs. They get it done yesterday. Baltimore, a turnover machine. Lamar Jackson intercepted. You know, Zay Flowers fumble. It felt like it was over from that point on. And then the Lions jump all out all over the 49ers. And uh, San Francisco comes back, wins the game 34-31. A lot of questions about Dan Campbell and going for it and being too aggressive. We'll get into all of that stuff. But uh, just good to have you with us on a Monday. I hope you had a good weekend. Parker Thune, how was your weekend? Junior Day, we're going to talk about that in segment number two. But a lot of stuff happening this weekend. It was a busy weekend for me with all of the Junior Day festivities. And obviously things went quite well for Oklahoma. Again, we'll dive into that a little bit more. But I will say I, I don't get the chance naturally to watch a ton of NFL football until the postseason rolls around. What an anticlimactic postseason, man. What an anticlimactic Super Bowl matchup. Not a fan. Are you? Uh, is it Chiefs fatigue, 49ers fatigue, both, or uh, what? I, I'll, I'll pull for the Niners for Brock Purdy's sake. I like the Brock Purdy story. I respect the fact that in year two of his NFL career, as Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy has the Niners on the cusp of a world championship. But, I mean, these were the two preseason favorites. Right? Like, these were the two teams everybody figured in the preseason. Well, you know what? If you had to put money down on a Super Bowl matchup, this is probably the matchup that you would be most confident making a financial investment in. Yeah. It's going to be uh, interesting. Super Bowl, uh, what are we on, 58 coming up? I hate the Roman numerals. I still do. But they're never going to get rid of them. You know how to read Roman numerals, uh, Kind of. And then sometimes it's been so long, I'm like, okay, I think that's 58. Let me make sure and just type in Super Bowl 58. Hey, I was right. So uh, we have to wait for the Niners and the Chiefs. Uh, the Niners are one-point favorite. But uh, a lot of good football over the weekend. At least, I, I guess the matchups, both games were intriguing. Kansas City couldn't do anything offensively in the second half. But the Ravens were a turnover machine. And now we get uh, – we thought we might have the Lions. I think the Lions kind of became America's team, but they couldn't close it out yesterday with that big lead. All right, let's start. Uh, you said the uh, – who's on the cusp of winning a championship? The San Francisco 49ers. Okay, so you're, you're – the Chiefs aren't on the cusp then. It's no, they're, a, they are bo- they're, they're both on the cusp. Okay, but They're you, playing in the Super Bowl. But I know, but you said the Niners are on the cusp. Like, you think Kansas City has no shot, maybe. No, I think oh, yeah. that wasn't the insinuation at all. I mean, the two teams that are playing in the Super Bowl are both on, are the, both cusp. on the cusp. You know who's I, on the cusp of hitting the Titanic or the uh, iceberg? Oh, no. Is the OU we're basketball starting, team. We're starting out with doom and yeah, gloom. That's huh? right. That's right. Wow. 
Steely <sighs> really took all weekend to come up with the show lead for Monday and was like, you know what? Let's talk about how much everything sucks Iceberg right off the bat. straight ahead. Maybe they'll get it done at Kansas State. Kansas State is struggling as well. And you could go win at UCF, but, man, you've got to make free throws. You leave nine free throws out there. Yeah, you're not going to win basketball games no, that way. you're not. And freaking Chance McMillan becomes Steph Curry, really? Six of eight from three-point range. And you have a nine-point lead with just over six minutes left. You've got to close that out. Here is Porter Moser. Says there's no time for the Sooners right now to start feeling sorry for themselves. We got to be a lot better. And I told them, I said that this is, you know, we got to, we, we have it turning right around. Didn't get this done. We got Kansas State on Tuesday and an opportunity, but they, we have to come together and, and be better defensively. It'll start with me. Um, but they just, uh, you, you know, even on out of bounds play, you know, you can't, you got to lock and trail. There's stuff they've been trained to do. And he came flying off the corner and got a little edge and he hits it. I mean, those are tough shots yeah. flying into the corner and he hit like three of them, but um, disappointed our, about our defensive uh, effort against a very, very good team. There you go. All right, here's a little more from Porter uh, talking about the loss to Tech on Saturday, going a little more in-depth on the explanation on uh, what happened to OU. You know, it's tough. It's, it's uh, Offensively, there's there's unequivocally, there's no no way you look at it. If you told me before the game we were going to score 85, 84 points against Texas Tech, it's defensively. It's, it's, it's everything matters, you know, everything matters. And, um, you know, defensively in the second half, we couldn't get stops. Um, I thought at times we looked great defensively. In the first half, we I think we had nine straight stops at one point. Um, they took a lead. I called the timeout. We came out of the timeout. I think we had nine straight. But it's I don't have 30 timeouts to, yeah. to ratchet up the defense every time. And it's like the first play of the second half. The guy just drove right to the paint, caught it, made a basket. Um, I got to give them credit. Um, McMillan had a career night. I mean, the three hit in the corner. The three came off the out of He was catching them off the fly rising up in one motion and shooting it and but he had a he had 27 we you know we it wasn't like he wasn't completely talked about as that's his number one strength is shooting and he let him have six threes and um you know the, the second has defense um to to allow a team to have shoot 72 percent it's you know very very tough um defensively and that's that's what that's what this team's got to got to make a decision on we talked about is the defense the physicality a couple of them just are not playing physical defense there you go they've got to get more from jbm mccullum again who was the coach in the preseason who uh compared jbm mccullum got some moves that are Allen iverson like I don't recall. Yeah, it was a while back. But J.B. McCollum, 2 of 11, 2 out of 7 from 3, just 7 from him. Jalen Moore only had 7. He was 3 of 4 from the field, uh, but he only had one rebound. And you've got – this was the Rivaldo Suarez game, 19 points, 10 boards, 4 assists, 2 steals, 6 of 10, 3 of 5 from 3-point range. But, again, too many self-inflicted wounds. You miss 9 free throws in a game like that you're probably going to lose. And it's very unfortunate because the crowds have been unbelievable. I Look, I thought there might be like 7,000 there over the weekend, but they filled the place up again. Maybe it was the Red Panda factor that, uh, that pushed them over the top. But, you know, you've got to be able to close those games out. Now you're looking at a Sooner team that is at uh, three and four. You're staring at three and six. If you don't win a game on the road this week, they do have Kansas State tomorrow in Manhattan, and then Saturday you go to UCF. Now, can you win both these games? Perhaps. I would say one of two would be nice, and then the next week you come home, you've got BYU at home and Oklahoma State at home after that. But you've got to – you know, they were in a great situation, Parker. 
I mean, they were three and two in the league with two home games with a chance to be five and two. Now you're three and four, but uh, they've just got to, uh, you know, close. You've got to close out that game at home. You've got to close it out. Well, and there were about, I'll be honest, I was sitting at home watching that game. I was kind of tuckered out for a variety of reasons. And about four minutes left in that game, Oklahoma was up by nine points. And everything seemed in order. And I started to doze off. You started to think, all right, un- they, un- all right they did it. They got this. Yep. They've got and then, it. unfortunately, I woke up with 40 seconds left, not realizing that the Sooners had also dozed off during that wow, time. Wow, you pulled an old man Mike Steely move right I really there. did. I was like, holy smokes, Steely would be proud. Well, that's that's right out of my book these days. It's crazy. But, again, uh, this is a much-improved basketball team. There's no doubt. But at the same time, you've got to protect your home court. Look, I didn't think they were going to, going to go undefeated at home in the Big 12. It's just too tough. And they're a good team, but they're far from a great team. We've seen that. But back-to-back home losses, man, you don't want that to be the nail in your NCAA tournament coffin. And, and like, I, I'll say this, Steely. I, I really don't think seeding matters at this point, and I don't think it should matter to Sooner fans as much as just getting in the tournament. Yeah. Because, as we have seen time and again, and we know it is canon in March Madness, it does not matter where these teams are seated. Once you're in the field, it's all a matter of who gets hot and who's playing their best basketball. And guard play travels, Steely, which is why I'm I'm still very optimistic that if this team can get into the field of 68 – they can do some damage. Yeah. But they got to get into the field of 68, Steely. And the way that they're playing right now, it's not sustainable throughout the remainder of this Big 12 slate if you want to be able to lock down a berth. The the only way this season isn't a success is if they fail to make the NCAA tournament based uh-huh. on where they were. I mean, they were a top 10 team. What did they get as high as number nine, I think it was? Um and again, maybe there was some fool's gold involved there. I always kind of thought, well, meet them. Oklahoma looks like somewhere between 15 and 25 to me. But, you know, they were winning these games. Now you got to go try and get a couple on the road. You need to protect your home floor. I think 8 and 10 probably get you in the tournament. 7 and 11 in the Big 12, maybe. But based on where they were, how they were playing, if you don't make the tournament, that's the only way you deem this season a failure based on, again, the expectations they created early in the season. But I'm not giving up. I think they can go win both these games. You've just got to play better and you've got to make better plays. Uh, And their defense was certainly lacking uh, there in the second half. And when you have a nine-point lead on your home floor, you should put that in the win column. All right, Tim Lasher and Lasher Home Comfort System sponsoring our first hour here on Steel Man and Thune, 405 579 3113 for all your heating and air needs. If you have an issue, call Lasher Home Comfort Systems, home comfort you can trust at Lasher Home Comfort Systems. We do have our man Jesse Crittenden coming up at 135. Again, 135 on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Riverwind starting some new promotions today. We'll tell you about it a little bit later on. A lot of stuff to talk about today. We want your texts, as always. You guys and ladies do a great job there. 405 651 3439 Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Let's talk OU Junior Junior Day. Some big news to reports. Parker's got a projector, a, not a projector. He does, but he's projected somebody. Man, my head cold is killing me again. Parker has projected somebody to Oklahoma, and there may be some other stuff happening behind the scenes that could be pretty good for OU. We'll talk about it next. 
You know, our friends at Riverwind Casino since our sending, but uh, the uh, contest is already over with. Five lucky patrons to the Super Bowl, the big game in Vegas, because they always have the best promotions and the best prizes, and they've just started a brand-new promotion underway. Right now, the 80K Leap Into Love, $80,000 in cash and bonus play. Uh, Same game plan that a lot of these have. Play today and tomorrow, Monday and Tuesday. Get more points in your wild card. Get five times the entries for the drawings on Friday night. The 80K Leap Into Love promotion is underway. Riverwind Casino now nearly 3,000 electronic games. All the best games, best bars and dining, world-class hotel, great gift shop. If you've never been in there, it's unbelievable. It, it looks small, but there's a lot of cool stuff in there. They've got all your favorite table games, and again, their promotions are off the charts. Great every month. Great dining options, River Buffet, Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant, great food court. Uh, They've got everything at the one and only Riverwind Casino. And uh, we have a show coming up at the Showplace Theater this weekend. Little Yacht Rock action, Air Supply. Go get lost in love with Air Supply. Coming up this Saturday at the Showplace Theater. And we also have Scotty McCreary on the way later in February. Get your tickets at Riverwind.com or at the Showplace Theater box office. Okay. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line going there in a minute, but you have a, uh, what do you call your thing now? Is it a future cast? A future cast, yes. For Tory Blaylock, four-star running back out of Texas. That is correct. You might remember his dad, Derek Blaylock, okay. from back in the day. Played running back for six seasons in the NFL, early okay. 2000s. Uh, most notably with the Kansas City Chiefs and the New York Jets. So it comes from a good football bloodline, Tory Blaylock does. From the Houston area, Atascacita, Texas. Or no, wait, that's the school. It's Humble? Is that how you pronounce it down there yes, in Texas? Yes, yes. It's, it's Humble, but you don't say the H. Right. Humble, Texas, is where Tory Blaylock hails from. And, man, it seems like the Sooners are poised to do some damage down there in Houston because Wallace only, Marsh, are you getting it done down there or what? Yes, Wallace. Shout out. But not only do I really like where the Sooners sit with Tory Blaylock, Coming out of that visit weekend, Steely, but they made a huge move with Jonah Williams, who is Galveston, oh Galveston. Encore. I'm I'm I'm, I'm off key today Dang because it. of my head cold deal. Um, but yeah, Jonah Williams, obviously the number eight player in the entire country in the Rivals 2025 class rankings, and a guy that is truly a unicorn. Not often you see a player of his size and frame and overall athleticism you don't get the complete package like six three safety is that right six three two oh five safety yeah i mean generally he's the type of guy that you would see playing wide receiver yeah but he's a safety and a lot of schools have recruited him with the idea of turning him into a linebacker ou has no such designs they like him at safety they want him to play safety brandon hall has been running point in the sooners recruitment of williams for over a year now and so, you want to talk about a capstone. That's what that guy would be in this class. Baseball player? For Oklahoma. Big baseball player as well. Excellent baseball so prospect. the Sooners made a nice impression? They made a really good impression. Man. Is there, Has Skip Johnson won Recruiter of the Month yet? Skip Johnson does I mean, not James Nesta, miss, man. He is a stud. Taylor Tatum. If you get around Skip Johnson, you can't say no. No, you can't. So... 
can we give Skip like a special commendation or can yeah absolutely. I don't know that he'll ever win Recruiter of the Month here on K Rep, but man, if Skip Johnson's involved, it looks like they are going to sign on the line which is dotted. And I know you don't really sign these days, but you know I've got to use a movie reference there. But um, you know it's it's very early in the process, or I guess, but Oklahoma apparently. Uh, is in a good spot there. Very good spot. Very, very good like spot. Like real good spot? Like or real good spot. All caps, real good? Real good. Okay, there you go. Percentage? Percentage? I He won't answer that anymore. Yeah, I get in trouble when That's I do the that. That's the Winnery don't, factor. Don't bait me. No, don't I'm, bait me. I just wanted to see if you'd go for the bait. I was hoping you wouldn't take it. A 918 listener asks, speaking of unicorns, How's the chances with Lincoln Cure? Well, got to get him to campus first. It's the big obstacle right now. Is He's got a real busy schedule. Doesn't have a whole lot of time to take visits this spring when a lot of guys are getting out and about. He's playing basketball. He's also playing seven-on-seven. Seven. He has not been to Norman yet. If there's so, anybody who should be signing with OU, it's Lincoln Cure. I agree. I mean, that's, the NIL opportunities are limitless. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. I mean, that guy was tailor-made to Simon O'Neill after Muleshoe bolted. Tired of Speed D? We have the Lincoln Cure. That's right. There you go. See? There's a promo right there. 405-651-3439. Anything else from Junior Day that we need to know? Uh, Yes, there's quite a bit. We'll dive into all of it. Duggan Mustang says, Skip Johnson is the assists leader in the recruiting game. That's right. Skip Johnson, the John Stockton of Oklahoma's recruiting staff. He's been great, man. He's been great. He's been great as a head coach. His interviews are classic. Sound bites are classic. Good stuff. Jesse in Iowa says, Jonah Williams is the blueprint at Cheetah. Isaiah Simmons 2.0. One can hope they put him there instead of strictly playing safety. If he is just safety, do you see him at free or strong safety? I mean, I'll be 100% honest with you. Jonah Williams can play whatever he wants as far as I'm concerned. Whatever he wants. I think he could play either safety spots. I think he could play Cheetah. I think he could turn into a linebacker. Again, if that's the direction you wanted to go, Oklahoma does not. Oklahoma wants him in the secondary. So he has the type of versatility and unparalleled athleticism on a very impressive frame that will allow him the opportunity to make a ton of impact very early at Oklahoma from a variety of positions. So if the Sooners can close that recruitment out, and again, Brandon Hall has not missed on many dudes in his two years on Oklahoma's staff. If the Sooners can close that recruitment out for the third straight year, Steely, you're landing a five-star defender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Obviously, the Sooners got two of them in 2023 with Peyton Bowen and P.J. Adibawara. But to anybody and everybody that wants to critique – the recruiting efforts of Venables and this staff, I ask you, especially if Jonah Williams is a Sooner, how can you continue to do that? Because when Mule Shoe was Mule Shoeing here at the University of Oklahoma, Steely, what was the bugaboo in the recruiting game? It was, well, you can't land, can't land a five-star defender, not just on the defensive line, but anywhere. They didn't land one the entirety of the time that Mule Shoe was the head coach at the University of Oklahoma. What about Buki? Was he a five-star? Yeah, I guess, yeah. Semantics, kind of. There was maybe one service that had sort of a five star. star. Yeah, but 
I mean, that was the knock, right? You can't land elite defensive talent. And if the Sooners, in each of the first three classes under Venable's direction, can ink a five-star defender, again, what more do you want at that point? You know, I think part of the deal with that, Big Rich says, Steely, if we get Jonah Williams, you need to sing Galveston. If they sign Jonah Williams, if he commits to Oklahoma, I will do some Glenn Campbell for you. Yeah, you can book it. So, um, is that you're recruiting against the SEC now? Right. I think that plays a big role into it rather than, you know, competing against the Big 12 schools because they see, well, there's a five star for OU. Oh, wait, there are four or five stars for Georgia, you know. So I think that plays a big role in it. But uh, the Hatchet brothers, by the way, Garen Hatchet uh, appears to be, you still think, is that a done deal to Oklahoma in the fall or as close to a done deal as you can get? We know that uh, his brother Landon. Is staying at Washington now. His brother Landon is staying at Washington for now. Emphasis on the for now part. OU still expects that they will get Garrett Hatchet. So, just kind of waiting it out on that one. There you go. I don't think it's out of the question that we could see an announcement today. All right, uh, 405-651-3439. A lot of people been out of shape. The David Stone in the On 3 Final 100 was ranked 29th, including David Stone. Look, different people see different things. Different people think different things. Unless it's egregious, I'm not going to rake anybody over the coals for their take on a kid. I mean, look, they still have like they downgraded him to a four-star or anything. He's still a five-star. Yeah, again, he's still a five-star, still projected in technicality as a first-round NFL draft pick one day because that's what you do in assigning 32 five-stars. You try and pick the guys that are going to be the first-round draft picks out of the class, assuming they all progress on the same timeline. And so do I Do I have an issue with it? Yes. I think he's I, – I don't think there are 29 players – or I'm sorry, 28 players, I suppose – in the 2024 class that are better than David Stone. But you're splitting hairs between a lot of these elite dudes. Uh, I've probably seen more of David Stone than the average Joe in the recruiting industry. And so maybe my opinion is a little bit slanted towards Stone compared to some of those other guys that I haven't seen as much of as some of those folks. So, again, yeah, I disagree. It's not something I'm going to make a stink about, though because it's not as if they have him outside the top 100 and they're just egregiously low on him. No, they still think he's a five-star. They just don't think he's a top five, top 10 type of player. I think he is a top five, top 10 type of player, but I respect dissenting opinions. All right, and our uh, transfer portal update, since we were talking about uh, Garen and Landon Hatchet, brought to you by Swiftco Roofing and Construction. Brent Swift, great reputation, 25 years of roofing, remodeling, and construction experience. Highly rated and well thought of in the industry, 405-831-8222. Swiftco Roofing and Construction. I mean, Coach Switzer gave uh, Brent and his company the endorsement. That's all you need to know, all right? 405-831-8222, online at brentswift.com. All right, Jesse Crittenden at 12, uh, I'm sorry, 135 today. And uh, more of your texts on the way. Six Sooners in the Super Bowl, four Chiefs, Creed Humphrey, Blake Bell, Wanye Morris, James Winchester, a pair of 49ers, Trent Williams, Braden Willis, more than any other school. We'll be right back.
Worst thing about this here past weekend food more than anything else is you know what we got more of ahead? Taylor Swift up there dancing around in the suite. Makes me want to puke. Have you seen the videos of Patrick Mahomes' dad? Yes. <laughs> Smoking the cigar. Smoking on that Lamar yeah, Jackson. Yeah, bag. that's right. He's oh, hilarious. Man. He's a riot. Yeah, he is I, like, good. He's I, a lot better than Jackson, I that's for no sure. I have no idea how that guy is Jackson Mahomes' father. Now, we were talking about this, by the way, on the Taylor Swift uh, fatigue people have. I mean, I, I, I don't, I, I don't, really, I don't understand how so many people are bent out. First of all, here's what happens. Somebody gets mad about it. Somebody else gets mad about it. People are followers, so they all pile on. Sure. Not everybody, so it's the cool thing to do. So you know how society works. So everybody jumps on that bandwagon. But um, is some of this just people are tired of the Kansas City Chiefs, too? Let's say that Taylor Swift was up there and was dating uh, – uh, I don't know. Somebody on the Dallas Cowboys. Would it be? Would the reaction be the same? Yeah, some of it you is. You probably fatigue. wouldn't still be seeing her on your TV screen this late. Well, in the season. that's true. That's true. But I don't know. I just look. I'm I, not sitting here telling you I'm some big Swifty and I love her music. I think she's pretty talented. It does. It just doesn't bother me at all. I kind of want to see the nerdy celebrations. To be honest with you. Taylor Swift, her presence does not bother me at all either. I am far more perturbed by the presence of Brittany and Jackson Mahomes. Oh, yeah. Those that's two prob- are super That's probably annoying. the reason. And I, I, I would guess, I would guess, whether you're conscious of it or not, a lot of the people that take issue with Taylor Swift and how much press time the networks give her, how much camera time, as it were, I would bet you that a lot of those people unconsciously associate Taylor Swift with Britney and Jackson Mahomes. Well, probably. And that's accurate. why she's become insufferable. Ain't you seen that Illuminati sign she's flashing at those concerts, man? That's what's going on. She's up there representing the devil. All right? I'm just telling you. I, I, I simply cannot fathom. I have no idea how... Patrick Mahomes Sr. and Jackson Mahomes are related, let alone father and son. The 909 says, Steely, it's it's all because she's very liberal. That's the main thing. That's why people are upset. And I do think it's become a political thing now because, unfortunately, everything becomes a political thing now. Oh, boy, here's Steely going woke on us. Yeah. I'm just saying, I don't know. It just doesn't doesn't bother me. I can't imagine being that upset. Damn it. (laughs) Get off that shot. Show me a shirtless man with his man boobs. You know. Okay. Sorry. Interesting. What about the weekend? Uh, what about Dan Campbell? Too aggressive? Uh, just that's the way he rolls and that's how you have to deal with it when you lose? What do you think about uh, the Lions? Because the Lions had become America's team. I have no issue with the way that Dan Campbell handled that game last night all the way up until he ran the ball on third and goal. That was the one thing that was unambiguously, undeniably a mistake. I have zero issue with him going forward on the two fourth and shorts before then. Because he'd done it all year. They had a kicker they very obviously did not trust. Mm -hmm. A kicker who, by the way, beyond 40 yards is the worst in the NFL. So everybody that wants to act like the 48-yard field goal is a gimme in that situation, it sure as hell is not. And moreover... 
the Lions when in opposing territory throughout the season, facing fourth and three or fewer, were 18 for 21, Steely. 18 for 21. I have zero issue with Dan Campbell pulling all the same strings that helped get the Lions to the NFC Championship game in the first place. And I actually love the mentality because I think he understands, as well as anybody, okay, like, I coach for Detroit. You know, like, we're talking about the Detroit Lions here. How often are they in this position? I can't coach scared. I can't coach with my back against the wall. I have to make bold decisions and be willing to live with the outcomes because we are Detroit. And God only knows how long it's going to be before they find themselves playing for a spot in the Super Bowl again. He went balls to the wall all the way to the very end, and I actually love it. Yeah. The utmost respect for Dan Campbell. <sighs> kind of a rough one, uh, though, for Josh Reynolds, right? Yeah, man. That, that was the most brutal stroke of luck of all, I think. Because even if Ayuk doesn't catch that deep ball, the one that, you know, it, it, it's widely looked upon as the turning point in that game, the 51-yard completion down the middle. Even if he doesn't catch that deflected ball that bounced off of – C.J. Gardner-Johnson's face mask, or maybe it was Vildor. I don't recall. But even if he doesn't catch that ball, there was a pass interference penalty yeah. that the 49ers had to decline anyways because of the reception. So that ball's going inside the 10-yard line regardless. That did not meaningfully or measurably impact the outcome. What did impact the outcome significantly was that inexcusable drop by Josh Reynolds on fourth down. Because if he catches that ball... The Lions are getting points on that drive. And at that point, it's a much different ball game because not only do you break the scoring drought, but you also get some momentum back. And that was one thing that just swung further and further in the Niners' favor as that third quarter played out yeah. was the momentum. Man, I was uh, I was shocked how Detroit, though, just dominated that first half. I mean, and I know that Campbell did get to go for the field goal late there to go up 24-7, but you're thinking, golly, man, Ooh, that's impressive. But uh, the Niners come back, get it done, and uh, set the stage for a shootout with the Chiefs coming up in Super Bowl 58. All right, uh, 405-651-3439, Meyer Chevrolet text line. If Taylor Swift dated the Dallas Cowboy, have we forgotten Lori Morgan and Troy Eggman or Jessica Simpson and Tony Romo? Fans lost their mind. I don't remember Lori Morgan cutaways. I do remember... A lot of Jessica Simpson cutaways, uh, you know, and the the controversy, right, when Tony Romo went on vacation in the off week, right? Didn't they go to a tropical paradise or something? Uh, But there were some Jessica Simpson cutaways, and you didn't hear a whole lot about it back then. But the world has become a very political place. You know, you can't like somebody if they have a different political affiliation than you in this day and age. It doesn't seem like uh, 405-651-3439. But I, I definitely remember some Jessica Simpson cutaways back in the day. Colin Claremore says, my father says Oprah is the Antichrist. Well, he might be right on that count, though. I, the Illuminati's everywhere, ladies and gentlemen. It's everywhere. Big Rich in OKC says, Taylor doesn't bug me even though she is a super-duper lib. She can't keep me from my love for the OU guys. The Belldozer, Creed. Wanye in Winchester. 
Wanya and Winchester would be a nice Western series, wouldn't it? I mean, it just sounds like you get the African-American sheriff and you get James Winchester, kind of his deputy specialist, Wanya and Winchester. I don't know. Creed seems like a more Western-type character. He feels more suited for that role than Wanya or Winchester. I don't know. Creed could play like the role of Mongo in Blazing Saddles. Okay, fair. Parker has never seen Blazing Saddles. But that's because you weren't even a thought at that point. But Mongo just pawn in Game of Life. Creed Humphrey is much more intelligent than Mongo. But what a what a great player, Creed Humphrey, man. And uh, Sooner fans love Blake Bell a bunch. Trent Williams has been a badass for a long time. And you know what? Creed Humphrey is as well. Braden right. Willis. Shout out to Braden Willis, Yes, man. absolutely. Yeah. Getting, I mean, think about it. on the draft board in the seventh round, making the 53-man roster, now going to a Super Bowl. Feel great for him. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, let's take a break right here. 405-651-3439. Ken Meyer Chevrolet text line as usual. A-plus on the text line, ladies and gentlemen. As always, man, it's nice. The weather, we're back up in the 60s today. I like it. I like it a lot. Coming right back. We are back. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you on a Monday. And, uh... And that weekend was a lot of fun. It was too short. The weekends need to be three days. Once again, I hate politics with a passion more than ever. But if you're a politician that wants to campaign on a three-day weekend, I will vote for you. I will raise money for you if you can get it done. Then if you can get it done, I'll even give you a bigger bonus. Something from Steelman Investments. Maybe I'll give you, I don't know, 5000 bucks. or Steelman something. Steelman Investments. Yes, is that a real thing? I haven't created that yet, but oh, I okay. would if you can get the three-day weekend going. I didn't know if you had like an LLC or something. I do have Big. an LLC, but it's not Steelman Investments. It's Steelman Media. Ah, it makes be- more sense. Thank you very much. By the way, our man Perry Spencer. Perry's a great guy, right? Perry's really yeah, Perry's got great. a good head on his shoulders. He knows what's going on. He texted uh, during the break, I used to always... I used to hate always seeing Kurt Warner's wife. Seemed like she was always oh, Brenda? on back in the day. You remember that? I said yes. What I remember was it like? Was it like the first time she popped up? Was it Summerall? Was he still alive and said something like that? Must be Warner's mother there. Because <laughs> <laughs> she kind of had the granny hairstyle. Yeah, she there, did. You know, so oh, clearly it's a very excited Kurt Warner's mother. Am I misremembering there? Because I think that's the way to wish. Oh, being told that's Warner's spouse. So anyway. Yeah, cutaways. The old cutaways. Taylor Swift has been involved in more. Like I said, doesn't bother me. Jessica Simpson. Uh, what was the report? Like the NFL, they think they brought in like $3 billion more in revenue because of Taylor Swift being, you know, a fan of the Chiefs now. That's so many... Uh, People are, the Swifties are coming in just to see the cutaways. That's how sad they are. Now, if you like Taylor Swift, I'm not dogging you, but if you're just there to see, oh, my gosh, there's a, there she is, you know. So that, I think, is a little bit strange. If you're just tuning in to see cutaways of Taylor Swift. Now, the cutaways themselves, I'm clearly confusing people. Don't bother me. But if that is your sole goal, that's a little strange. Steely, what do you think of the people saying we're just fine with the basketball team? Uh, who's saying that? They're not fine. 
They just lost two straight home games. Now, that doesn't mean that Porter Moser needs to be fired. He's done a really good job this year. I think his guys have kind of let him down, man. They took their foot off the gas. They had a nine-point lead. It's more on the players than it is Porter. You know, this what happened the last two weeks. And, you know, you're going to the SEC next year. You're not going to have the gauntlet that they face in the Big 12. Not saying it's going to be super easy in the Southeastern Conference, but it will be like going from the major leagues to AAA, pretty much. With a few exceptions, uh, it'll be easier. But Squirrel yes, from Norman says, Sooners man's b-ball team soft. Are they? Soft. I don't think – well, I don't think they're soft – I also think they lack ideal toughness. More from a mental standpoint than a physical standpoint. They could use another, like, Rinzai Stone kind of guy in there to help out with Sam Godwin. Now, Jalen Moore is an incredible athlete. And Sam Godwin, you know, bounced back and, and played well, I thought, you know, for the most part. But they've got to get more from Javian McCollum as well. And, uh, you know, like I said, and I know I'm a broken record here, but you lead that game by nine points at home and the crowd's going crazy. Close that out. Six minutes left in the game. I think you, you talked about what you were thinking. I was watking and thinking, all right, well, they're going to they're gonna get this one. They're going to get this one. It was a little ugly for a while, but once they got going, you, you had a good feeling they would close it out and then, Tech started making everything, and the defense was lacking, and you miss free throws. That's how you lose games. All right, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. A listener in the 308 says, I used to think that the WWE was real, and then I grew up and realized it was all staged and fake. I'm starting to wonder if I'm getting to the age where I need to realize that the NFL is staged and fake. Like, are the Kansas City Chiefs John Cena? (laughs) You know what? Eventually, they come out, and everybody knew. Now, like when you were a kid, like, you know, when I was watching Cowboy Bill Watts and Red Lion and Skandar Akbar and uh, Dr. Death Steve Williams eventually, but um, you thought it was real. And then you found out, and you're like, I don't think that – that sounded like a slap, and it looked like he didn't really hit that guy. And you figure it out. And then they came out and told you, you know, this is entertainment. It's not really, you know, real. And everybody's like, all right, well, not a problem. We're still entertained. But when I was a kid growing up, like I said, my man was Cowboy Bill Watts. And uh, I thought all of it was real. But at some point, I still think the NFL is very real. Justin in Kawita says, Patty and the girls would whip Porter and the fellas. Yeah. You said, yeah. Probably. <laughs> I mean, they don't lose, right? They rarely lose. We are uh, not this weekend, but the next week, Porta Vallarta getting underway with the Oklahoma Sooners. Softball season, always fun. Joe in Tulsa. Steely, the reason people can't stand Taylor is about our bashing of and everyone who voted for him. <laughs> Didn't even say his well, name. Well, yeah, I don't want to say either one of them na- names because that just sets off a, pyre- a firestorm. Okay, I, to be honest with you, Joe, I, uh, I have muted 
pretty much everybody who tweets about politics, so I rarely see it. It wouldn't surprise me. Most entertainers are liberal pansies. But um, so I get that. Some of it, I get that. But I seriously, I think that I have pretty much wiped out almost 98% of my political coverage. I just can't handle it. I just I don't want to see it. It's so negative that I don't even want those thoughts in my brain anymore. Anybody who texts me something political, don't answer it. Don't care. No interest. And if you know me by now and you're tweeting something or texting something political at me, you have no no clue because I don't care about either side. I hate them both equally. Everybody's gone off the deep end. Everybody. So, but I get some occasionally, hey, you see this? Can you believe it? I'm like, don't care. That's what I usually text back or don't answer. So, uh, I, I like to keep the, uh, the viruses out of the computer, you know, my brain. There's just too much negativity. A Green Country listener says, basketball team needs to have the same intensity as that girl student who gave the ref in Texas the double <laughs> middle finger. How about uh, BYU? Come on, BYU. That is the softest thing, by the way, over the week. We decided that we were going to have those students remove the horns down T-shirts. We have sissified Texas up so much, it is unbelievable. Like I said, if you're a Longhorn fan, you know what? I'm loving people doing that because every time that's flashed, it is somebody's thinking about the University of Texas. But BYU's coach came out and said, we decided that it wasn't in our best interest. Come on. Horns down is great and should be respected. We'll be right back. Talking to you here on this Monday. A lot of uh, topics to cover today. Disappointing uh, Sooner men's basketball result. Last two home games. Got to win at least one of those. But we'll see what happens at K-State tomorrow night, Saturday at UCF. And the Thunder lost to the lowly Pistons yesterday without Cade Cunningham in the lineup. Jalen Duran, the kid out of Memphis, had a heck of a game, 22 points, 21 rebounds. Mark Dagnall, you can see late in the game, is kind of like, you know what, we got a big one with Minnesota coming up. SGA, yeah, we're good. So uh, this is a huge one tonight at the uh, Paycom Palace at 7 o'clock, the beginning of a four-game homestand for OKC. They're 2-1 and one against Minnesota. On the season, so you get the tiebreaker against the T-Wolves, which would be huge. And um, I think Oklahoma City bounces back tonight. One of those games, Detroit, you know, give them credit, man. Monty Williams' squad played pretty well. They had endured that 28-game losing streak earlier in the season. But Oklahoma City, again, starts four-game homestand. This week's going to be interesting. Tonight, Minnesota. Wednesday, the Nuggets. Friday, at home against Charlotte. And then Sunday, at home against Toronto. So, there you go. That was that was a hard one. We were watching that thinking, yeah, Oklahoma City's going to turn it on again. Didn't quite didn't quite work out that way for OKC, OKC yesterday, but what a phenomenal year it's been for the Oklahoma City Thunder. All right, uh hour number 2 presented by Oklahoma Generator, Oklahoma's highest rated and longest operating Generac dealer. Their most experienced service and sales sales staff in the state as well. Family-owned and operated Oklahoma Generator. 
you need a new generator. Yours is uh, not working quite as well. If you don't have one, the winter weather, man, we'll probably get some bad weather again around the corner, maybe an ice storm. You need to have that generator handy. Call Oklahoma Generator at 405-321-6631 or online at okgen.com. Okay, uh, let's get back to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We do have Jesse Crittenden coming up at 135 today on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. To the text line we go. Who does Uncle support politically, Steely? I don't know, but my guess would be Uncle would be uh, supporting. Uh, he loves Crimson, so he'd probably be supporting uh, those in the red. Would be my guess. Uncle's probably a Republican. A straight party ticket kind of guy, too, would probably be Uncle. Dan in Madison says, I wouldn't call OU men's basketball soft, but I would say they lack the killer instinct to finish teams off. And this, again, is like, and look, I'm not trying to pin OU's issues on this because it runs a lot deeper, and I think it is disingenuous to try and pin it on an external factor, but it's part of why I don't like the Lloyd Noble Center, man, is because, like, you get a lot of momentum. I, It's just not as conducive to the sustenance of said momentum because you get some arenas right where the home team gets on a tear and it's tough to stem the tide. Allen Fieldhouse is a great example of this, right? And the Sooners have felt that they have experienced that firsthand time and again, where they get in a position at halftime where they're in the game with Kansas. And then in the second half, you have that run, right? That the Jayhawks go on behind the vociferous cries of that home crowd. And it's almost impossible at a certain point, yeah, to just to get anything to get any shot down to quell that raucous environment. A nineteen seventies, uh, the Lloyd Noble was it built in sixty nine or seventy when it was completed? I know it's just over fifty years old. A seventies multi purpose arena is not. Yeah, the kind of environment. Look, the Lloyd, we've seen the Lloyd Noble Center when it's full. It can be loud, and it can't affect games. But it's not like the crowd's right on top of you. I know what you're saying. So, uh, anyway, 405-651-3439. You know, you, you've got a chance. Kansas State's been struggling. You know, you've got the uh, the whole mess that you've going on with uh, T.J. Otzelberger and um, – um, and, uh, Jerome Tang at Kansas State, which is really weird. And uh, K-State's been struggling, and Houston beat them by, what was it, 22 over the weekend, I think it was. So, we'll see. And uh, Porter's got to win in Manhattan, one. UCF is a completely different team at home. There's no doubt about that. And uh, the Knights lost at Cincinnati by 11 over the weekend. How about that TCU-Baylor game? Three overtimes, 105-102. Great win for TCU. Longhorns lost at BYU by 12. Oklahoma State got its first win. Uh, you know, on the weekend, we're remembering the 10. That's great for Oklahoma State, 70-66. to 66. That was the worst night ever in sports that I can remember is learning of the uh, Oklahoma State plane going down. Just horrific. Such a sad deal. Um, Houston beat K-State. Uh, Kelvin and company now 5-2, and two, and they won by 22. Iowa State again. 
with a victory at home over Kansas. It was kind of overshadowed by the uh, comments afterwards as the uh, K-State-Iowa State, you know, situation got a lot of the headlines. But uh, that's what happened. By the way, Jenny Baranchek and company, they're still rolling. Seven of eight in the win column. Wasn't pretty, but it was a dub for Oklahoma. 60-55 over KU. Uh, Kansas State at the LNC tomorrow night, 6 p.m. ESPN Plus for the Sooner women. And then they will be at Oklahoma State on Saturday, 4 o'clock on ESPN Plus. Okay, let's get back to the text line. This listener in the 405 says, Terrible young whippersnapper take, Parker on the Lloyd Noble. Okay, tell me why. It doesn't do a whole lot of good for you just to say that. If you think it's a terrible take... Tell me why you think it's a terrible take. That's right. Yes. Let's have some rational, intelligent discussion back and forth here. Uh, a four, another 405 listener says, Porter has lost most, if not all, the home games with large crowds. And that is true. Yeah, and that sucks. It's been an issue. Look, that is unfortunate. The last two teams are not very good. No. Period. But, you know, this team was good enough to and should have closed out that game Saturday. Texas had maybe its best game of the season. You know, when they came in earlier in the week. But, you know, that one Breaking news. was bad. Yep. Garen Hatchett has committed to Garen Oklahoma. Hatchett, ladies and gentlemen, you said it might happen by this afternoon. Well, you're right. Garen Hatchett, University of Washington, offensive lineman, leaving the Huskies to play for Bill Bedenbow and the Oklahoma Sooners. So there you go. Go look at the record under Billy and Kelvin. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they had superstar teams. I mean, they both had. I mean, Wayman Tisdale, Stacy King, Mookie Blaylock, Harvey Grant. You know, Kelvin had. You know, you think about well, Blake Griffin was a uh, Jeff Capel, but. You know, some of the great, the much more talented teams. And look, Porter's trying to put as much talent together as he can. But it's a much different day and age now with the portal, especially. The old Skeeter meter. Yes, Skeeter Henry. Those were the days, too. The Skeeter meter was awesome. 405-651-3439. Man. So there you go. Garen Hatchett on the board for Oklahoma. And I guess that's a good off-ramp for the basketball discussion, which we can loop back around to a bit later on. But another potential impact guy for Bill Biedenboe, who has completely revamped the look and feel of the Sooners' offensive line room over the course of the last few weeks. Big transfer portal haul for Coach B. Is that 13 now that the Sooners have gotten to the portal, I believe? They're up to 13. And what's weird is the portal's closed right now, but we know that... That's mainly because you just have to have your name in the portal, right? Yes. By a certain date. So yes. we talked about things can still happen after the, uh, you know, the, what was it? Was it like January 3rd or 4th when the portal It was January closed? 3rd yeah. when the portal opened. It closed, I think, on February 3rd. Or no, 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 wait, wait, wait. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm backwards. Boy, you're jumping ahead in time here. It, yes, it opened on December 3rd, closed on January 3rd. That's what I meant. There you go. That's what I meant. But, obviously, you have that 30-day window for any team that loses mm-hmm. its head coach, and Washington fell under that category after the departure of Kalen DeBoer for Alabama. 
y'all hear thing today. He jumped ahead in time. I think he's on some of that CBD stuff now. Olipop's got a new funny cigarette out there. I got to order more Olipop. That's a good reminder. That's what I'm going to do in the break. What are the top three flavors right now in the Olipop rankings? Cherry Cola. Cherry Cola, number one. Classic Grape. Classic Grape, two. Mm, Three is where it starts to get dicey. I'm going to go with, as of right now, Dr. Goodwin. Dr. Goodwin. Is that like their Dr. Pepper? Yes. Okay. Steely, he was allowed to because the uh, Washington coach, Caleb DeBoer, went to Alabama. Yes, and that's a factor as well. You're right. I'm just talking about some of the other, uh, because they have 30 days once the coach officially leaves. But what we had talked about earlier is just because the portal closes on a certain date, January 3rd, that you can still have some things that could happen afterwards. But, yes, in this, in this situation, you're exactly right, 580. You are correct, sir. Okay, 405-651-3439. We have time for one or two more before we hit a break. A 580 listener says, Billy and Kelvin also didn't have to deal with the buzzsaw of a conference that Porter is dealing with. Yeah, you had Missouri, Kansas, Iowa State was, well, you know, the, the old Big 8 was pretty good. Pretty good. Norm Stewart's Missouri teams were always tough. KU, of course, was tough. When Eddie was there at Oklahoma State, obviously really good stuff. Uh, Johnny Orr at Iowa State back in the day. Man, you talk about some coaching battles back in the day. My favorite, Norm Stewart, the old Missouri Tiger, and I do not like Mid-Zoo, but he and Billy would always go after each other. And I think they really deep down liked each other, but they would throw barbs at each other all the time. And so I'm down there. Missouri's coming in. It's a huge game. We're getting ready to do our pregame show, and Norm Stewart walks over, and the students are already there at the LNC. And Norm walks over to do his pregame radio show and norm just walks by the student section and nobody says anything so norm's like what's going on here we've got a game tonight so and then they finally all they all jump on norm but it was like because they rode norm the entire game every game and he walked out there for his pregame show with only the student section in the building they didn't say anything so norm got him riled up and of course of course then they cursed during his whole recording of his pregame show pretty much so those were the days those were the days. Billy versus Norm, Johnny Orr, Billy versus Eddie. Billy was awesome. Man, those were fun times. All right, break time right here, 405-651-3439. 405-651-3439, Kadippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We do have Jesse Crittenden on the way. Uh, more recruiting information on the way. that They keep wanting to know about the kid from Weatherford. How's all you looking? We'll talk about that when we get back right here on The Ref. Welcome back. Good to have you with us. 405-651-3439. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Appreciate you guys being here, doing a great job, as always, on the text line. Riverwind Casino, best promotions in the business. And as Bender said in Breakfast Club, not even close, bud. 80K Leap Into Love promotion underway. Get out there, play with your wild card today and tomorrow. And for every five points you rack up on your wild card, you're going to get five times the entries for the drawings on Friday night. They're giving away 80K in cash and bonus play. 
in this great promotion. More promotions to tell you about, which will be beginning here in a couple days. At Riverwind Casino, they have nearly 3,000 electronic games, best selection there, all your favorite table games, great poker room, world-class hotel, uh, amazing service, bars and dining that are unmatched in the metro area, River Buffet, Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant, great food court. They have a Skyloft gaming area upstairs attached to the hotel. And the Oasis gaming area is smoke-free out at Riverwind, so you can enjoy that area if you need to. And uh, we have a show coming up this Saturday at the Showplace Theater, a little air supply uh, happening this weekend. Later in February, Scotty McCreary. Uh, Friday night, February 23rd in March, Jay Leno, Friday, March 15th with Rita Rudner as well. Jim Gaffigan, Saturday, March 23rd in April. Ryan Bingham, the singing cowboy from Yellowstone. Kip Moore uh, on a Saturday night in April at uh, the Showplace Theater and Brantley Gilbert in May. Always something happening. Always cash, bonus play, prizes to be won. Aside from the jackpots, they give away every month out at Riverwind Casino. They are simply the best. All right, so OU photo guy, our man Mark Desher, printed this out for me. Playoff comparison between Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson. All right, Baker's played in four games. Lamar Jackson has played in six. Baker's record two and two. He's at 500. Lamar is two and four. Completion percentage, Baker at 62. Lamar at 57. Yards per game, Baker, 288, Lamar, 221. Touchdowns, Baker Mayfield, 10 with three interceptions. Lamar Jackson, six touchdowns and six picks. Passer rating, 100.4 for Baker, 75-7 for Lamar Jackson. So is Lamar Jackson kind of the Dak Prescott of the AFC in the regular season? Now, he's about to win his second MVP award, Yes, it looks like. What do you think? Well, look, I think both can be true. Lamar Jackson is objectively, by any measure, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I would not say he is the best. I would not say he is top three, but he's up there. And his style of quarterbacking is not conducive to – Super Bowl contention. Well, maybe not Super Bowl contention, but I I don't see Lamar Jackson as the type of quarterback that because of his style of play is ever going to carry a team to a Super Bowl. Now, the Ravens had the best defense in football this year. The Ravens held Patrick Mahomes and that Chiefs offense to 17 points yesterday. All Baltimore had to do was just enough offensively. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yet they couldn't. Second half, man, Kansas City, it seemed like punt, 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 punt. And I, then Lamar throws that pick. You had uh, clearly the uh, Zay Flowers fumble. You kind of felt like at that point, all right, that's it. Well, and I my, my respect for Lamar has grown because what I realize is, and this might sound hyperbolic, but I don't think it is, he's may, maybe not revolutionized the game, but he's discovered a new way to succeed in the NFL as a quarterback. And the way he does it, man, he just, he's an average thrower of the football. He is. He's got average arm talent, average accuracy, is wholly average in all of those categories. But he is so elusive, so fast, and so athletic that because of the constant threat of him tucking the ball and running with it, you have to allow him more leeway with his arm than you would for most other quarterbacks. It is a dynamic unlike 
any that we have seen in NFL history. And he's made it work. Again, he's about to win his second straight M- – or not straight MVP, but his second MVP award of his career. And he's continually had success, been a part of winning teams and a winning organization with the Baltimore Ravens. He just hasn't gotten them to a Super Bowl yet. And unfortunately, I question whether that style is ever going to be able to get Baltimore to a Super Bowl or any other team to a Super Bowl for that matter. Because I think when push comes to shove, unless you have – a truly elite defense that can just win games regardless of how poorly the offense plays. And the Ravens had a great defense. It just wasn't great enough. Unless you have a truly elite defense, the likes of the 2000 Ravens or the 2002 Buccaneers, et cetera, the 2015 Broncos, that's another great example. You have to have a quarterback who is capable of making big-time throws in big-time moments and I don't think that's what Lamar Jackson is. Nope. Nope, he isn't. And uh, there are a lot of people out there who wrote Kansas City off. You think about that loss to the Raiders, you know, they had at home. Um, you know, receivers aren't what they used to be. And, and that's accurate, clearly. But here's Patrick Mahomes and company. They're here again. I love the way Pacheco runs the football, too. He's tough as nails. Rutgers for Pacheco, wasn't it? Isaiah Pacheco. He is from Rutgers, yes. Um, you know, they're just uh, uh, just uh, the quarterback matchup is the reason that I picked Kansas City over the Ravens. And uh, I thought we were going to see Kansas City-San Francisco. But, man, <laughs> the Lions, the Lions had their shot. All right. Um, what do we know about the kid from Weatherford, by the way? C.J. Nixon? Yep. I'll put it to you this way. If he decides football is the way he wants to go, I think he's an Oklahoma Sooner. And the Sooners are making good strides in convincing him that he needs to go the football route as opposed to the basketball route. I really like where Oklahoma sits in that recruitment. I think the question becomes, again, and it's a conversation we're having with pretty much everybody in the 2025 cycle right now, how early is he willing to lock it down and lock it in? Because the timeline is going to come into play. Spots are limited for Oklahoma in this 2024 cycle, or 2025 cycle, excuse me. And so, with all of the options that Miguel Chavis and Oklahoma have on the edge board, I think it's going to boil down to whether C.J. Nixon is willing and able to beat some of his peers to the punch in joining Oklahoma's class. There you go. It's as simple as that. And that's honestly the reason. Like, I have a multitude of guys right now that I would love to drop future casts for. The reason I haven't, and the reason I probably won't for the foreseeable future, is because I can't make any guarantees or promises that they're going to decide on a timeline that is conducive to the occupation of a spot in Oklahoma's class. Yeah. Sometimes it's all about the timing, and it boils down to the numbers. Santa John. Steelman, you teased us about an hour ago that Parker had something for us behind the scenes that was really good. What is it? I think we kind of unveiled that to an extent, didn't we? I think so, yes. That Oklahoma, the most highly touted prospect that was in this weekend among a lot of them, 
is a certain safety from Galveston that the Sooners apparently are doing pretty well with right now. Doing very well with. Doing very well with. Again, it was a great overall recruiting weekend for Oklahoma. Uh, I'll say this. They they got one silent commit. They got a couple of assurances that wouldn't qualify as commitments in technicality, but they got a couple of assurances, as it were. And in general, they positioned themselves exceptionally well for a multitude of the guys that they hosted this past weekend. And again, full details on all of those situations, all those individual recruitments are available to subscribers over at OUinsider.com, which is a great place to be if you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on in the recruiting world for Oklahoma. It'll only cost you a few bucks a month. There you go. And um, Skip Johnson has, when he has been involved in recruiting for Oklahoma, he's been very good. Anybody else that was a two-sports prospect like uh, Taylor Tatum or James Nesta that they've lost out on that was a baseball prospect? No, they got another baseball guy committed in 2025 in Grayson Harris, obviously. So Oklahoma, I I don't know if they can lay undisputed claim to the – to sport you moniker, but mm-hmm. they've got a case, a lot more of a case than most any other program in America. There you go. All right, 405-651. Let's get one more in, 3439. Who did Hatchet's commit edit? They should give it up. Has UO on the helmet and not OU. Yeah, I did see that. That was Hayes Fawcett who does all of the edits, but, yeah, that one was kind of a clunker. Not a great edit. Hmm. And it's hard when you don't have any pics of the kid in the uniform. But, yeah, not not a great edit. All right, let's break right here. 405-651-3439. We have time for some more texts coming up here in a little bit. By the way, all of our sound today that we played, the Porter Moser sound, our Ortho Central Clips of the Day. Ortho Central, great reputation for doing great work in Norman and Midwest City and in their Tri-City location, Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard, their full-service clinics, treat orthopedic and sports medicine injuries, and they are the best. Jesse Crittenden joining us from OU Insider when we get back. Jesse Crittenden, OU Insider, joins us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline on this Monday. All right, Jesse, not one but two. Home court losses for the Sooners now. And uh, Texas came in. I thought they may have played their best game of the season when they beat Oklahoma. You've got a nine-point lead with just over six minutes left in this game. And I think Sooner fans are feeling pretty good. Here we go. Back on track, getting some momentum back. And then they end up losing the game. Um, What do you think the level of devastation was like in this home court loss compared to Texas? Clearly because the Sooners, that game was right there for them to win. And the Texas game was too, but I mean, when you got that nine point lead and the crowd completely into it, you can't close it out. There's an issue. Oh no. I mean, it's, it's a gut punch loss in every sense of the word, not, not only just, you know, obviously from the Texas loss and, and the way that happened. And, and like you said, you can kind of write that off as like Texas shot the lights out, at, you know, late in the second half. Oh, you just kind of fell you know, out of sorts, but, you know, to, you know, the crowd was, was amazing against Texas. You worry if they're going to come back out or not, you know, on Saturday, they come back out on Saturday, another 
rowdy crowd at Texas Tech is is atop the Big 12, and and uh, everything looks like it's going right for OU. And yeah, once they took that nine point lead on a couple of a layup from from Otega Oway that the crowd's going crazy, you think okay now OU's going to get back on track. Instead, they completely fall apart again late in the second half in front of another crowd, and now you you drop back-to-back home games and look we talk about how hard the big 12 is and it is a gauntlet it's more of a gauntlet than it's ever been but when you get two home games in the same week it's it's, you got to get one of them and and dropping both of them especially you know the the second one when you had to lead but again second half late game issues rise up it's it's devastating not only from you know OU needing to bounce back momentum wise but again because the crowd showed up that was an opportunity for for OU to continue that momentum going and now you know they, they find themselves they're below 500 in conference play they've got two road games this week I mean it's it's not going to get any easier yeah in every sense of the word it's it's a gut punch loss. yeah no doubt about it Sooners by the way drop 12 spots in the AP poll to number 23 this week they're 24 in the coaches poll so uh, as you would expect the Sooners a uh, pretty dramatic drop at least they hang in the top 25, Parker. Okay, Jesse, let's turn our attention from the hardwood to the gridiron because obviously there was big news today. It was anticipated news, but news nonetheless as the Sooners have picked up what is presumably their final portal addition until the post-spring window in the form of Washington transfer offensive lineman Garen Hatchett. Thoughts on the addition for the Sooners and is he somebody that you would expect ends up a starter at guard next season? Yeah, no, look, it's a huge addition for, for multiple reasons. I mean, it's been talked about at length about, you know, going into the offseason and next season, what's the biggest question mark for this OU football team, right? It, it's the offensive line. And you not only get a guy that, that um, has already played a ton of ball, obviously he played last year uh, for Washington, made a few starts, and, and obviously Washington went, uh, on an incredible run. I mean, that offensive line group won the Joe Moore Award. Uh, so, I mean, all, all of that stuff is huge, but he, he plays right guard. You're losing McCade Matower. That's going to be a spot that's open. Yeah, I think all of us, you, you not only get a guy that's, that's still, you know, relatively young but has a ton of experience, but now you get him, you know, with experience at a position of need. And now you, you look at the moves that OU has made on the offensive line, whether it's Nwewu or Spencer Brown or Michael Tarquin or even some of you know the new recruits like Eddie Pierre-Lewis, Eugene Brooks, a bunch of guys. Now all of a sudden, it, it's not that all of the question marks are, are cleared up, but now you're starting to feel a little bit better about that offensive line, not only from a talent perspective, but also from an experience standpoint. And yeah, to, to get Hatchet, who got some playing time last year, who made some starts, on a team that that made that deep of a playoff run, I mean that's it's it's a huge addition, and and all of a sudden it, it puts what was a huge question mark going into the off season. Now I, I think if you're a fan, you, you feel you feel quite a bit better about what that offensive line looks like heading into the spring. All right, uh, we're talking with Jesse Crittenden. You have the uh, the games, the All Star games coming up this weekend. You got the Shrine Bowl in Frisco, where Drake Stoops is really impressed. That is a uh, Thursday night telecast on the NFL Network at 7 o'clock with Drake Stoops there. And then you have, of course, the uh, Senior Bowl Saturday coming up with uh, Tyler Guyton and Andrew Rame. What about Drake Stoops? What do you think he's looking at in terms of 
draft status in the NFL? You think it's going to be a late round pick, free agent guy? Uh, you know, uh, just a, some people think that you know an unsigned free agent situation where you're trying to make a roster and you can pick your team if it's in the late round is actually better. What do you think about Drake's future beyond uh, you know this final match, final collegiate experience for him in the Shrine Bowl Thursday? Yeah, I think Drake Stukes has has always been kind of an interesting guy to look at in terms of what his stock could be. Because, I mean, I think going into even this last season, I I don't even know if that really was truly on the horizon for him. But, I mean, he had such an incredible season. I I don't think we talked even enough about how incredible his 2023 season is. And, yeah, you know, he's turning heads at these workouts because, you know, I think he's a guy that's – you know, for one reason or another, easily overlooked, doesn't have a ton of size, right? He's, he's not he's not going to be the, the, the fastest guy the NFL's ever seen. But all of a sudden, uh, you, you people are starting to see, you know, even outside of OU fans, the, the, the fundamentals he has, the, the skill work he has, how good his route running is. And then you add that with, you know, the intangibles he has, the, the heart he has, the work ethic he has. Uh, I think, you know, it, it makes it interesting for where – things could end up I do think later this week you know if he continues to have a a good showing I think that could make an impact for a late round Um, you know if I had to say right now I I do think an undrafted free agent is probably what what he's looking at right now but I don't think being a late round pick is off the table and and I and I know this about Drake Stoops there's nobody that's that's going to work harder than him and and I think his trajectory is going to keep on looking up and I think whatever team uh, ends up with him they're they're going to get a guy that, that I mean I, I think Drake Stoops is going to have a career in the NFL it just it just matters or it, all that's left to you know figure out is is how that career starts but I, I don't think a late round draft pick is out of the question for him he, he's really turned some heads over the last few days Jesse as the Sooners look to replace not only Drake Stoops but several graduating seniors several outbound portal guys now that we can officially put a bow on the Sooners' winter portal hall with the addition of Garen Hatch. And I'm going to ask you, go ahead and put a letter grade on the overall work that the Sooner staff did in the transfer portal in the months of December and January. How adequately do you feel that this staff addressed all of their needs? I, I mean, I think you've got to feel pretty good about it. I mean, I, I think I would put it at, at, a, at a solid B+. Plus. I really do. I mean, when you look at, again, the offensive – I mean, the offensive line was easily – the biggest question mark uh, for them heading into the transfer portal season, they added several guys with experience um, to add to that offensive line. But you look at the other things too. I mean, you look at Jake Roberts at tight end, they obviously needed tight end depth. That, that was another big question mark. You look at someone like Caden Willard, at, you know, as an edge player, a guy with a ton of experience and, and you know, they, they needed defensive line depth. Uh, I mean, you you look at you know Spencer. I mean Spencer Brown on the offensive line again. Look, I mean, and at Casey Thompson, even as a backup quarterback, obviously you know he's a guy with Oklahoma roots. But it was clear we've seen the need to you know backup quarterbacks. Not one of those things you think about until you need it. And now you get a backup quarterback, not only with Oklahoma roots, but has a ton of experience on the field. So I mean, I, I think you know uh, all things considered, with how competitive the transfer portal has has been how many schools are trying to address needs. I think OU did a pretty, I mean, as good, I mean, they did a pretty good job of addressing exactly what they needed um, in the portal. And the biggest thing for me was the offensive line. They've added guys on the offensive line. So, I mean, I think overall, 
I think you got to feel like a B plus is, is is a pretty good way to to evaluate what this team did. Jesse, good stuff. Thank you. Thank you very much. And we will talk to you again next week. Appreciate you guys having me on. Jesse Crittenden joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. You know, we're nine days away, ladies and gentlemen, from the return of a dynasty. Patty Gasso and the Sooner women's softball team will be in Puerto Vallarta. Uh, and again, they kick off the season a week from this Thursday, February 8th. They've got Utah Valley, Duke, Washington, and Long Beach State out there. Uh, nine days away. From Sooner Softball. There you go. That's Whenever you're frustrated and the Sooner Softball season gets here, all your frustrations go away. Well, a lot of them anyway. Because they're awesome. That's why. All right, we got a break right here. Come back, get some final texts in on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line on this Monday. Keep it right here, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you very much for being with us here on the home of Sooner fans. As we age and you join the olds, cataract surgery is many times just a inevitable step. And it's not about just restoring your eyesight. It's really about upgrading the quality of your life. So when it's time for cataract surgery, you have one big decision. You can be very aggressive. Didn't pay off for Dan Campbell, but it could pay off for you because this Decisions going to affect the rest of your life and your eyesight. The choice between a standard lens, which many times requires you to rely on glasses for reading, or a premium lens, you could consider Panoptics, Vividi, or light-adjustable lens, the leading choices that can provide crystal clear vision and freedom from glasses. So if you want to see far and you want to see near, you know where you have to go. You have to come here to the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center with Dr. Bellardo and company. 405-651-3439, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We are going to close with some brilliant texts is what we're going to do. Brilliant texts. I huh? think they're going to be brilliant. This is a brilliant one. Stoops would have 100% been drafted if Bill Belichick was still coaching. Yeah, probably accurate there, right? Um, Drake Stoops, man. I mean, you can talk about – and look, Baker was a walk-on. So, I mean, his story's pretty good. But Drake – and I don't think – I mean, if people saw Drake play high school football, he was a really good player, right? But I think because he's undersized and then the Stoops name, people kind of thought, all right, that's cool, I get that. Yeah, absolutely. Give Drake a shot. But the dude became – one of the most reliable receivers we've seen at OU in a while. I mean, he's not CeeDee Lamb, right, obviously, but in terms of a guy that was a go-to guy who became more than just like a third-down option, Drake Stoops, and he did it with that OU DNA, man. And uh, I don't know. I I hope he has uh, has a nice stay in the NFL. And I think he'll get a shot in the NFL. Sugar Shane of Newcastle points out, looks like we have a Joe Moore Award winner on the team now. That's right, yeah. Well, actually, we've got two of them. Bill Biedenboe also was part of. Did, did, did they win two Joe Moore Awards or just one? Was it just 2018 that they won it? Th- that's the only one I can remember, but old man memory is not very good. Just saying. What are the odds of us getting the other hatchet brother, asked the listener, in the 682? 
Landon is staying put at Washington for now. Let's see what happens in the spring window. And that's all I'm going to say on it. Did you see that Caleb, by the way, quote tweeted the uh, Drake Stoops video from the Shrine Bowl? Caleb Williams? Caleb Williams said Stoops. See, I think the, uh, the hatred well, maybe that's too strong of a word. The dislike well runs very deep for Muleshoe. I think it's a lot less deep for Caleb. With, and again, I'm sure there are some out there who, again, oh, don't tweet that, you know, you're gone or whatever. But I didn't see much of it. Yeah, well, Muleshoe is the root of all evil, he as is. we know. Yes, so, he is. Yeah. We, can, we can absolve Caleb to a certain extent. Who did um, we have as, uh, see, we had Muleshoe, uh, we had Jimbo Fisher as the one of the four horsemen of the football college football apocalypse, but he's gone. So who now do we have? Mule Shoe, Brian Kelly. Huh. Well, Nick Saban, even if you regard him as a villain, which I do not, he's mm-hmm. gone too. You can't really consider him. Urban Meyer is out of the college game. Which, yeah. I mean. The four horsemen of the college foot. Well, you could just say NIL and the portal. Like Mule Shoe, Brian Kelly, NIL, and the portal. Who's, who's hateable in college football? Brian, I don't like Brian Kelly. To me, isn't hateable. He's just corny. Yeah. Obviously, Muleshoe is highly hateable. Is there anybody else that falls into that same? Help category? us out. Who should be one of the horsemen now that Jimbo Fisher's out? Because you could definitely go with Muleshoe, uh, NIL, and the portal, because both the NIL and portal represent evil as well. I think Jim in Arlington might have copied and pasted a tweet. Oh, yes. of his. oh Eli Drinkwitz. There Cherokee you go. Cherokee all over it. Eli Drinkwitz. Yes. How could we miss that? I feel really bad now. Uh, I think <laughs> mostly because we don't really consider him truly yeah. relevant yet. But Jim in Arlington, I think this is a copied and pasted tweet because he texted us, now we got us a hatchet blocking for a saw chuck. Smiley face emoji, log emoji, pancake emoji, at OU underscore football, hashtag boomer sooner. There you go right there, Jim. Hey, if that's copied and pasted, that's fine. That's good. James Franklin, but almost everybody is saying Eli. Drunk wits. Sooner man says, hey, I think Caleb conducted himself with class, unlike his coach. Yeah. Caleb stayed and finished out the bowl game. Well, and he was under the influence of Carl as well. That is true. You know, and when you've got a copter dad influencing you, that sounds to me kind of like what happened with uh, Caden Green. To an extent. Doug Miles says Ryan Day blowing up on Lou Holtz made him pretty unlikable, and now Jim Harbaugh is no longer there to keep him in check. That's a good one. Ryan Day, way too much Grecian formula in that beard, too. Yeah, for real. Like, Does he think that's a good look? I guess he does. I had a college professor who is no longer at the university I attended. But I had a college professor who would use a lot of similar dye on his Mm -hmm. hair, and it was very... Like jet black? Yeah, very very conspicuous. Texas Tech coach, maybe, Joey. Joey McGuire. Everything runs through Lubbock! Yes, including the semi that flattened your season, too. 
they kind of bounced back a little bit. So very happy to be breaking up with that glorified junior college out there in West Texas. LaDonna and her husband can pull up stakes and move back, right? Their work is done there. Texas Tech. Sandaggy hillbillies out there. Just the worst. All right, we got to get out of here. Thank you to our friends at Riverwind Casino. They are simply the best. Get out and play with your wild card today. See you guys tomorrow.